Welcome to the County Live podcast with me, Martin Johnston. And me, Chris Reedwright. First up on the County Life podcast, as ever, Chris Ridgeway spoke to Jim Gannon back at Edgeley Park last night after training. Well, Jim, it's a Thursday evening. Welcome down again. How was training? Really good. Um, it's been a good week, actually. Um, we get a good hour and a half on Tuesday and Thursday, and uh, we kept the tempo really high. Worked on a, a lot of things that need to be corrected from Saturday, but also uh, a specific shape that we need to be working against uh, come Saturday. We spoke about uh, off air. We spoke about last Saturday. Let's just have a have a chat now. Now the dust has settled. How did you see what went down on Saturday afternoon? It's really disappointing because a lot of people walk away and remember the last fifteen minutes of the match. Whereas I don't think we've started the game as well. Um, in fact, we probably started this game better than we did Southport. Um, I'm not saying the game would have been over in in, in half an hour if we had uh, taken our chances, but we certainly uh, deserve to take the lead. We really put them under cosh. Um, disappointed we didn't get more goals and uh, that we were relying on a penalty but I think that when the goal came it's, we seemed to if you like just I don't know not take a foot off the pedal a bit but um, we, we didn't keep up the intensity and I think that slowly but surely they worked their way back into the game and um, it was a fairly even contest after the first 25 minutes One thing I was saying just then is it's not so much of a worry I think if your side is creating chances because on another day you could have had these three or four goals that could have come in, it would have been a completely different game. So it's not a worry that chances aren't being created, really, is it? No, I mean, even 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 when you look at the... Um, I know the Darlington game aside, because that was a bit of a, a cagey first half, but the way the way we played in the first half in the last four or five games has been tremendous. Um, regardless of the results, we were 3-0 up against FC United. We had FC United down to nine men. Um, we stormed into the, you know, into the lead against um, Blythe. And I think that we've been really, really strong. Uh, we have a strong opening at the moment. Um, I don't know what happens. At half-time, we seem to have kind of, I don't know, not switch off a little bit or ease off a bit. And people might have noticed that we we had the lads out. We, I didn't say a lot to the lads, just even about five minutes of information, kept it as positive as could and instructive as possible. And they were straight out for another warm-up. Because the last four or five games, we've conceded within five minutes of the second half and we were making sure that that didn't happen this time. Um, and the lads responded well to that. We had a, a reasonable start to the second half. But I just think that we've got a lot of players who uh, don't play very well when they're tired, give the ball away too much. And slowly but surely, that giving the ball away and allowing the opposition to grind us down a little bit has an effect in turning the momentum for them. And um, what we need to do now is perhaps sift out those players that... Uh, a poor under that pressure of fatigue or a poor under that pressure of um, the opposition having the ball and we have to maintain good possession and, and be positive uh, to maintain the upper hand in the second half. Just give us an insight then, as a manager and as you say, first halves are usually a lot stronger than the second. Just give us an idea as a manager, how do you combat that? Do you, do you maybe tell the lad to slow down a little bit in the first half and don't be as dominant to carry the, the pressure through into the second or how, how would you approach that? Well, no, you certainly don't ask the lads to start. We, we want to start extremely well and um, start on the front foot. Um, I think there was an old manager used to say he'd like to get the game won in 20 minutes. Um, you know, and, and I think sometimes the intensity of the first 20 minutes can get you a real grip on the game. Um, 
I think really what we what we have to look at is the players who are consistently giving the ball away. Um, and I was frustrated with at least two, three, four players second half uh, that I'm having to say the same things over and over to uh, we're, we're giving the ball away. And, and often under no pressure, that's like from goal kicks, from throw-ins, from free kicks, we were giving the ball away. Um, players not making good decisions to to retain possession and circulate the ball and uh, you feel like not have a, a rest with possession but establish our shape um, get ourselves in good positions to be able to serve good balls into the front players rather than what I felt was happening too often in the game that we were dumping the ball on Jason and relying on him to fight for it and then pick up the pieces um, but yeah the main thing for me uh, was we up the intensity in training uh, to see how the lads respond when they're tired and under pressure and also to weed out those players that perhaps uh, are consistently giving the ball away. Well, it's a test on the road this weekend against Nuneaton. Just just break down what threat they possess. Yeah, it's a difficult one because it was obviously seen the full game against Blythe um, and they looked a little bit ragged at the back. Um, they have a, we played them here last year and um, they were they were delighted with a draw. Um, again, we got the upper hand in that game and they worked their way back in. But they play a kind of unique 3-4-3. Three, three. Uh, they have a fairly fluid front three, which is going to be a real threat for us, especially if we concede ground um, and, and let the gap between our midfield and back back four, back three open up. Um, so that's a threat. Um, obviously, we've got to try and break down three centre-backs and two wing-backs. Um, so, But we've played teams like Curzon and Chorley and... Several other teams are adopting that sort of system. Uh, Tamworth was another one. Um, so this week's been a slightly different shift in emphasis to playing with three centre-backs, playing against teams that have three centre-backs, um, working how we can get overloads in terms of have the right amount of attackers to cause problems, but also then be able to sink in our shape to make sure that we don't allow too many gaps and holes to open up because we've got a few players at the moment that don't know how to react to play people that move off the shape. They don't know whether to go with them, don't know whether to to uh, hold their shape. So uh, we've we've cleared up a few of the grey areas, but ultimately the team needs to be working up and down the pitch and across the pitch to better together. And that means closing the lines. And that means midfielders being strong on the front foot and the defence being willing to squeeze up. And that really starts with the keeper being a very good presence behind them, giving them the confidence to take a higher line. Um, so we've been working on a lot of things in training to make sure that we, we've got much more compact shape no matter what shape it is. If if we can go go on the road this weekend, get the three points and then, then build from that, can we begin to build some momentum maybe? that I thought, it, like you say, there were some good performances, results maybe not reflecting that over the last few weeks, but if we can get a couple of good results on the road now and then back at home, can we really start to build a platform and get back up you know, amongst the top half of the table, the playoffs? Of course, I mean, with three points a, a win, uh, momentum can, can easily be created and there's going to be a lot, of, I mean, there's a lot of teams who are not a long way away from being in the playoff picture, but we can't look too far ahead. It starts with game one. Um, we go to Nuneaton and the most important thing is that we're um, strong, resilient. Uh, we look like a team that's going to be hard to beat away from home. We, we start a little bit like that at Darlington. We were quite professional first half. I asked the lads that, this is where players sometimes don't listen to what you say. I asked them, one of our targets was a clean sheet at half-time. And then when we came in at half-time, they felt that the ambition was to be nil-nil at half-time. It's not. It's to have a clean sheet at half-time and take our opportunities. Um, 
So we need to be strong and resilient away from home, keep a clean sheet. Uh, I think that we've got the strike force in within our group that will score goals every game. Uh, if we keep clean sheets, we'll win matches. It's as simple as that. You mentioned the strike force and the, one of the players that's starting to make a bit more of a presence now is Ben McKenna. He's looked a, a real live wire since, since making a bit more of a, a presence in the squad. Yeah, I, I think Ben... Ben um, captured the eye with his sort of turn of pace and his thing. But I still think, uh, as a criticism to Ben, is that the quality of his crosses uh, weren't quick enough and weren't effective enough. And that was something that we've tried to address last Thursday before the game. So I was disappointed that he didn't get the crosses in quicker and into the right areas that we talked about. Uh, ultimately, the goal came from an effective cross from Gary Stopforth, who uh, knows where and where... Uh, when and where to put the ball. So he put the ball in quickly and stood up at the back post for Jason. Jason could score. Obviously, they've handled it and we've got the penny from it. Um, so I think Ben McKenna's uh, had an impact in terms of looking like something's going to happen, but something does have to happen. He has to create and assist goals. Uh, he, he, he could have got himself a goal if he takes his shots earlier. And, and the only thing I would say, to, and I've said to Ben in training today, is get your crosses off early and get your shots off earlier um, and do what you're doing in training bring that into matches and if he does that then he can be uh, another attacking outlet for us but ultimately when you look at the stats over the course of the season the most consistent players for us have been Jason and Matthew Warburton so I think uh, by and large what most of what we'll create and score from will be them too um, like I said the others are, at the moment uh, are not contributing as much as I'd like but what they have to do is make sure that they uh, provide a service for those two You mentioned Jason and Matthew there and one player that I find ourselves speaking a, a quite a bit most weeks nowadays is Gary Stopforth. You mentioned Gary just a moment ago, putting a cross in. He's becoming more and more of a presence in the team now, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, what, what Gary's done, um, I, I think I think at this level, people have to understand it's very difficult to play any shape that has three lines, like a classic 4 4 2, because teams open up now and play a little bit. Uh, teams are not fit enough to press hard for 90 minutes. They're not. Uh, tactically astute enough to be able to close the game up. Um, you know, when when I managed in the championship, teams knew how to expand and then close the game down quickly. Um, but so we've we've had to play with four lines, and Gary's been the epitome of that player. That's kind of um, as we worked on on Tuesday night. I wanted to see which players can press, which players can recover. Uh, often you can get players who can press, but they don't always be able to recover. I wanted to see which players have the instinct to press when. It needs to press and the instinct to sink and screen and protect. Um, and I didn't see enough of that instinct. So when you're coaching teams, uh, you think that they should be accepting your coaching because the coaching is replacing the lack of instinct that they have. Uh, but Gary certainly has the instinct to be a presence on the front foot and the back foot. Uh, and again, he's also within that role that he's been playing. He's he's contributing. Uh, you know, um, he's got an assist for the goal. Um, so I'm really pleased with what he's doing. Um, I think ultimately he wants to step down into a lower midfield line, have more effect in the winning the ball back low. Um, and that, that may well happen over the next couple of weeks as the strength of our 10s emerges a little bit more. But uh, again, we needed that energy within the 10 role and in that sort of attacking midfield role while we've got players like Matty Warburton, Bowen Dixon, Ben McKenna, Adam Thomas, all not looking like they're fully fit and fully on the front foot. Well, Jim, it's a big game on Saturday as ever. We wish you all the best. Thanks so much. So, Chris, uh, Blythe Spartans was always going to be a tough one. We knew from the first game of the season that they were tough and they are one of the surprise packages of this season. Um, but 
at the end of the day, that's a 3-1 loss at home. The first loss at home in, well, let's say, bloody ages. Um, and also, uh, so mixed feelings with uh, with that. Um, the roller coaster, this roller coaster season continues. But uh, great to see Alan Armstrong uh, back at Edgeley Park. It was always going to be emotional seeing Alan Armstrong back on the touchline. And of course it was. It was a great opportunity to meet him and have a bit of a chat with him, which I was fortunate enough to do. But ultimately, when it came down to business, it was Blind Spartans who wanted it more in the last sort of 10 minutes of the game. Uh, they have been a bit of a surprise package. If I'm being brutally honest, I didn't think they looked like a team who were challenging at the top. I didn't think they played like a team capable of holding on to that third spot throughout the season, although they may well do it. They're so good going forward. But ultimately, they wanted it more than County in the end. And and they took the spoils in injury time, which is, you know, the game is 90 minutes. You've got to hold on for 90 minutes. So who was your uh, your player of the week this week? Your It's uh, a one, a one game week, unusually. So uh, who was your man of the match, essentially, in that Blythe Spartans game? I think I'm going to give my man of the match last week uh, more for a certain moment in the game to Matty Warburton. Uh, to put that penalty away the way he did in front of the Cheadle and, and to put it away with such precision uh, in the corner. I saw him training on them uh, after training uh, a couple of weeks back. I saw him staying late at training, putting the ball away, practising his penalties. We know that he was obviously a signed, dedicated penalty kick taker and it didn't start too well for him. Uh, he did eventually get them on the score sheet, but again, they were down the middle, which I always think is a bit of a risk as a player. If you're taking a penalty, you put it down the middle because you stand to, you stand to be a little bit red-faced if the keeper predicts it and saves it. Uh, so this time he's gone for the corner, he's slotted it in brilliantly and that'll give him bags of confidence moving forward. So uh, man of the moment last week was Matty Warbton. And who's your one to watch for tomorrow's game? I'm actually going to cheat a little bit this week on my one to watch. I'm going to put a two to watch. Uh, I expect just given what Jim said and trying to read between the lines and I don't know this, but I suspect we might see Gary Stockforth drop back a little bit uh, and sort of working that dynamic midfield partnership and really build something up with Sam Walker. So I think my two to watch this week would be the two of them together and how they can pull the strings because Gary's shown great energy in recent weeks, closing players down and running forward and tracking back when he has to. And Sam Walker's ability to to cross cross the field of play with his passing and stretch defences and stretch midfield. I think the two of them working together with maybe a Jimmy Ball or someone behind them and a number 10 in front of them, such as a Matty Warburton, could be quite a pivotal role. So my two to watch this week is going to be Gary Stockforth and Sam Walker providing a guest drive with my tactics. I might be completely wrong.